This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. So Jess is Aaron's tri-type twin. There was an awful lot of consensus going on between the two of them. It was fun for me to listen to because I could hear the similarities. They're so darn likable. It's such a likable tri-type. And we laugh about it at the end, but it was the most efficiently done interview to date. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. How are you? Good. We are having a lot of snow today, so basically the whole city shut down. Where, Where are you? Yeah. Um, Oklahoma City. We are having a ton of snow, but that's just the way it is here. <laughs> <laughs> that is our normal. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not normal here, and everybody freaks out. So as soon as the weather forecast says that there might be snow, all of the milk, bread, and eggs are <laughs> totally gone. All the grocery stores. That is so not eight. Am I right? <laughs> I'm like embarrassed for everybody when that happens. Oh no, I would totally do that. I, I was here. Like, this I have no control over anything. I'm gonna go buy eggs. Okay, you usually call yeah, me. I like to and plan. tell me, and I'm like. <laughs> Jess, I'm with you. Uh, Wait a minute. I recently uh, (laughs) drove to Nashville and basically everything shut down except for the gas stations right now. Do you love it? Um, I hate the cold. I don't know how you guys survive because (laughs) I'm just like, it hurts my soul how cold it is outside. (laughs) Yeah, but you guys also aren't prepared for it. Like, we have equipment for this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And big puffy coats. and Like heated (laughs) socks and heated mitts. Yeah. Send send those things, please. (laughs) A little bit about me. I'm a very energetic and passionate person just in general. I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of energy. And as you guys probably know, intensity is pretty big for me. I love intensity. And that's kind of how I connect with other people is through intensity. If it's, you know, doing a high energy workout with somebody or a big fiery debate, we're connecting. This is great. (laughs) So sometimes that goes great and sometimes it doesn't. But basically, if you're not someone who can challenge me, I'm going to be bored. What else? I grew up an army brat. So I kind of grew up all over the world. Uh, We moved just about every year when I was younger. And I really enjoyed learning and observing from other cultures and getting to meet new people. And then I ended up settling in Oklahoma, and that's where I live with my husband and my two silly mutts. I'm a musician by trade, and I fight for fun. So that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, I want to hear about um, how you got into fighting. My story is hilarious, but <laughs> how did you get there? Um, so basically, after I'd finished my piano performance degree, and I wasn't practicing for recitals and concerts all the time and working, and I was just working, I had all this extra energy... <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I'll just go to the gym. And then I had a friend that was like, oh, let's do this cardio kickboxing class. And so loved that, loved the intensity of it, started doing kind of fitness related workouts that were kickboxing. And then I was like, you know what would be more fun? Like actually hitting people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I found a fight gym about three years ago and I haven't looked back. It's been great. Yeah, I watched a movie called Bring the Boom or something. <laughs> and this is post five children, right? Nice. And I watched the movie and I was like, 
I am made for that. It's like my lost calling. I know. I have to tell my piano students like, hey, my husband doesn't beat me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What was behind the decision for the pink hair color? Pink's been my favorite so far. So I've done a lot of, you know, the colors of the rainbow. I had a friend that was in hair school and she was like, hey, you don't have like a classic nine to five where you would get in trouble for a crazy hair. Right. (laughs) Would you like to try bright green? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And so we've just kind of gone around the whole color wheel since then. (laughs) I feel like I've done the color wheel of like acceptable for moms of six kids. (laughs) Nice. So I have. I've done the whole gamut, black to blonde with everything in between, but (laughs) not colors. You haven't done the rainbow yet. Yeah, I haven't done the rainbow, no. So tell us about when you discovered you were in eight and how you discovered. And like some good eight stories that kind of back it up. Okay. Um, I first learned about the Enneagram, I want to say in 2019. And it was through a friend that was becoming an Enneagram coach. And she was like, hey, I'm doing this little book study and would love to just have a little discussion group once a week about the Enneagram. And so read the Road Back to You, kind of read up on the Wisdom of the Enneagram book. And as soon as I read the information about type eight, I was like, whoo, this is me. This is great. I'm an eight. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's kind of how I learned about my type and then eventually learned about other types. And some stories that back me up, if I go way back, I would say probably the clearest example when I was younger was in seventh grade. I had broken my arm trying to do flips that I had no business doing. So I was in this like really obnoxious cast that was like from the top of my arm to my wrist. And I was trying to get from one class to the next at school. And this kid was like, oh, here, let me hold the door open for you. And it's this big steel door. And I was like, oh, thanks. And so I walk through and then he just slams it on my arm. I like scream in pain. And then I drop my books and I run after him with one arm and I tackle him to the ground. And I just started kicking the shit out of his shit. <laughs> I was like, that fucking hurt. And anyway, we both got sent to the office. We both got in trouble. But the funniest thing was I just knew like my parents were going to kill me. But my mom was like, well, did he deserve it? yeah mom like he did this he hurt me and she was like okay we'll just say you're sorry and we'll we'll move on I was like okay mom sounds like you had the right parents for your eightness yes I'm really grateful yeah (laughs) what do you think your parents are my mom is a one for sure and my dad is um a seven my dad's a seven too yeah so I, I learned a lot of structure from my mom I think that was good for me how about the seven as your your next number? I feel like I identify a little bit more with the seven. I feel like whenever it comes to, you know, doing something impulsive and going and having fun, I'm all about it. And I feel like sevens are really social anyway. And I know that I'm a social eight, but I just feel like I kind of gel with that personality really easily. And but how about the three? Where does the three fit? The three is I'm very competitive and It's interesting because I'm not competitive in the way that threes are, where they like, you know, have to be the best and they want to be the pillar of success. Like, I like the challenge of being competitive. I want to beat you because I want to see if I can beat you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or for something like petty and vengeful, because sometimes we want revenge for things. (laughs) But I definitely feel like the competitive element of threes. And I do kind of enjoy being in leadership positions. And I feel like threes like to kind of take the lead on things as well. And another, my sister's a three, so we talk a lot, but I think I'm also not afraid to cut corners to get things done. And it's not like important corners, but just, you know, 
it doesn't have to be perfect to get the whole project done. I feel that's eight, seven, and three. (laughs) (laughs) All of them are going to be willing to cut corners, I think. It's really fun listening to you because we are the same tri-type and the same instincts. So, Oh, that's awesome. That's really fun. Yeah. Do you know what your second one is? Um, I think I am social and then self-pres and then sexual. I was wondering. Aaron's second is sexual, I think, so... Okay, if you're an 873, you're ambitious, innovative, protective, you want to be efficient, happy, and straightforward. You're a dynamic go-getter focused on the prize. You see the big picture and a positive future with the will to make that happen. You seek success. Obstacles are seen as competitive challenges. Your life mission is to see what is possible and find innovative ways to achieve your goals. You're happiest when you're in a position of power to manifest your vision and make things happen. You need to be doing in order to feel alive. You can be so expeditious and assertive and results oriented, though, that you can miss your impact on others. Do you find that happens sometimes? (laughs) I feel like that whole description is me telling me about my life. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like everything like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's me. I'm curious about like moments where your impact, you just didn't see it. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times I will just be with friends and like, you have no idea how much like this meant to me or how much, you know, you taking the lead on something made us feel safe. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, that's just what anyone would do. Like, no, like you really did that for us. Like, oh, okay. Ever been negative where you had a negative impact and just really didn't see that you did? Yeah, um, I was pretty good at hurting feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Still working on that. But... I'm pretty sure I was to ask Joe about our childhood. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, before 25, I did not have a lot of uh, tact. And so absolutely. Were, you, were you aware that you were hurting other people at the time? I would believe them when they told me, but I just didn't get why they were so like sensitive. Yeah. When you um, see something that you want, I'm curious because this mm-hmm. is something that I get commented on a lot. Like if you want to do something and there's like all these obstacles in the way, are you just going to figure out the way around them to get there? Absolutely. Or are you going to just stop? Absolutely. I have an example from this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So I fought in a tournament in Dallas, Texas, and I brought a bunch of snacks because I didn't know like if we were going to be waiting for a while or, you know, when the brackets would be set. And on the front door in this huge sign, it says absolutely no outside food or drinks no exceptions. And I was like, well, we'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I marched in with all my snacks and they were like, what's this? And I was like, look, (laughs) these are my snacks. I'm not eating that trash at the concession stand. And I just kind of like, didn't let them tell me I couldn't. And so I had my snacks and I was fine and I did great. (laughs) Most people probably stand down, right? Yeah. Superpower. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not a big woman. No, I'm not. (laughs) I I fought a girl that was 20 pounds heavier and I was like, I need to stop doing this. (laughs) How do you like the the nickname mover and shaker? Does that resonate at all? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like one of our superpowers is just kind of rallying people to kind of operate in their strengths. I feel like we're good at team building. Like, hey, we have this big initiative to like complete a task. Let's all do it. And I can kind of recognize everybody's strengths and make them feel empowered and then we go conquer the thing and it's a great time if you go into a room of people and you're gonna conquer a task do you have the ability to scan the room and decide who's the best fit for what needs to get done yeah absolutely and I don't want to sound like an asshole but usually (laughs) I detect everybody's weaknesses first and then I kind of work my way backwards to find their strengths 
Yes. Or I can identify their insecurities. That's yeah. I usually see what they're struggling with before I see their strengths. Yeah, for sure. And then I try and meet that need first. But yeah. I, I was, we were just chatting about this and I'm, this is one of the biggest ways I knew I was a three. I was saying to Joe, you know, when you go in a room and you like read the whole room and you kind of pick the people, you know, need this or need that. And she's like, uh, <laughs> and looking at me like I had three heads. <laughs> I'm like, no, can't everybody do that? She's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely do that. It's it's a handy superpower for sure. Yeah, I agree. Do you have like a lot of relational tension? Uh, my 18-year-old self was really petty. Um, <laughs> we, we had good times, but <laughs> I didn't have very good communication skills. And I didn't take the time to listen to other perspectives. And so that kind of was a big learning curve for me to realize you know, I'm not the center of the universe and maybe their approach to something is valid. Uh, I think that's really hard for our tri-type. Yeah. For Especially sure. when we see a much more efficient route. I know. It takes so long to do it their way. <laughs> what would you say is the types that you're like, you're aliens to me? I don't understand you. I would say fours and sixes for sure. For <laughs> four is really hard for me too. Yeah. And it's funny because I actually have some really good four friends, but... It is like, please translate yourself for me. <laughs> I think the only reason I understand fours better and see their struggle is because of Joe. Like yeah. I watch Joe and it gives me a lot more compassion for fours because my brother is a four and we don't understand each other a lot of the time. And so it's, uh, it certainly gives me more insight, but it's hard because I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's a special deep well of misery. <laughs> Poor Forbes are never going to listen to our <laughs> podcast. All we do is trash them. We love you, Ryan, if you're still listening. <laughs> we love you. One of my good friends is a four and she's an artist. And she's really good about taking a moment to explain how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're mature enough. I don't know if we would have been good friends, you know, five, six years ago. But now I feel like we can kind of communicate well with feelings and intentions and I know not to say something super blunt and she knows that I care enough about her that when I do say something she can tell me how she feels about it and I don't know it's really cool though because I feel like seeing beauty through her eyes is really fascinating that is the gift they bring that's for sure so what's amazing is that she takes the time to actually tell you when you've hurt her and you're patient enough to actually listen. That's what goes that's, wrong. Uh, that's yeah, that's the thinking. hard part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because I think that's when fours can't vocalize that and give us language to try to understand them. A lot of them just go to anger. Right? Or they just completely disappear. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. of course, as eights, we don't want to slow down enough to listen to their big feelings. Right. <laughs> and so I'm proud of you. <laughs> like, legitimately, that's not easy. So yeah. still learning things at 32. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good for you what uh, type is your husband he's a five interesting yeah. so what's that dynamic like um it's really fun we can have like really heated debates and it's not personal so it's nice because we make a really good team we can sort stuff out we can handle things really easily and then when it comes to feelings we can kind of like approach them in a I don't know like an irrational way but he like he can read me when I'm <laughs> for example during the pandemic and we were having lockdowns I was not able to exercise or go to work and so I felt like a caged animal he had the foresight <laughs> to see okay like she's starting to feel 
a little crazy. Um, I'm going to hop on Am- Amazon and buy her a heavy bag and install it in the garage mm-hmm. um, before she destroys the whole house. <laughs> <laughs> they are good at scanning. They are really good at actually, they do it quietly, but they do read people well. Yeah, we really enjoy people watching. We'll just go to like a public park or go to the mall just to watch people. <laughs> oh, I'm so envious. <laughs> and I just like to do that. I think that's my husband's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of fun. I would say I was made for empowering others, and it kind of took some growing and maturity to realize that. But I think coming into being a business owner and teaching piano students and being around, I didn't think I enjoyed kids at all. I thought they were really annoying. But then when I got to know them, I was like, oh, they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have found so much joy finding the potential in others and really like giving them the tools to reach that and to see them push themselves and gain confidence like it and that can be in any situation it doesn't have to be just teaching piano but even with friends it's like you know what this is your strength you're so good at this you know maybe we just need a couple of tools how can I help you and then watching them grow and gain confidence like that's the best feeling ever to me oh I so agree with you I don't think anything gives me more energy or makes me happier than watching a friend who I've helped be empowered and yeah. then go and do what they yeah. need to do on their own. Yeah, it's, it's definitely electric. Yeah. What parts of eight are real hangups for you and you don't love them? <laughs> I feel very impatient around big feelings or emotions and that's either with myself or others so with myself I feel like I have a system to where I'm like oh I'm getting angry like I must have some feelings and so I can kind of find a way to process that in a helpful way after years of trial and error on that one um (laughs) so even if it's like something pops up and I'm like oh like I'm having feelings I have to like find a way to process that I can't let it just sit with inside of me And sometimes you don't always have time to just, you know, take the day off work and go process your feelings. And I think when I'm with other people that come to me and they've got a lot of big emotions and feelings, I feel impatient because I, I don't know, I don't know if it's just I don't have the emotional maturity for it or I'm not nurturing. But that's one of the biggest hangups for me is just having patience for big emotions. And then, of course, I don't like being controlled. So accepting (laughs) global crises that are beyond my control was hasn't been super fun but amen sister (laughs) i think for me the hang up on big feelings is it takes too long to process through those to get to the piece of action yeah i'm ready for action right away yeah see the road to action and what's going to get you what you need in a big picture right from the beginning and i dismiss the need to process the emotional part of it because i don't want to get hung up there And I just go immediately into action. Whereas you don't always achieve what you need to achieve until you process a lot of it. Yeah. Get to the root of it and take it out. Yeah. But the problem is it comes up again and again until you actually deal with the heart of what it was. And that's the part I try to avoid at all costs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds familiar. How about the best things about eight? Like, what do you love about it? One of the best things is I think we have a lot of natural confidence and so, like, I say to people all the time, like, type 8s type are awesome and we know it. It's, it's, a, it's a good feeling to be confident and then have the, be, the ability to share with others or be that strong person for others. And I know that can be unhealthy in some relationships, but we're not afraid of conflict. And so, you know, if it's 
some Karen, you know, yelling at some poor waitress that's just doing her job, we can be the one to stand up and be like, hey, are you going to be this rude the whole time? Or are you going to like actually tip this lady when you're done? I don't know. Oh, I am always that person. I'm always that person. (laughs) (laughs) And it's usually something sarcastic, I say, to make the point. Oh, absolutely. I'm not very kind. I need to get better at being more gentle, but usually I haven't figured that out yet. It's an immediate (laughs) reaction of absolute sarcasm to show them they're being idiots. What do you think you would say to eights? Well, I would say for our fellow female eights, I feel like the way that I grew up and the kind of the culture that, at least in this part of the country, women that are assertive and aggressive are kind of seen as bitches. And so a lot of women will try to kind of, you know, hide it a little bit or cover it up a little bit, but don't, you know, don't worry. I mean, we don't worry about what other, pe- other people think anyway, but just go for it. Be yourself. Don't be sorry. Because the funny thing is all those people that frowned on you are going to come to you when there's a crisis and they need you to be strong for them. And for male eights, I think I don't know a lot of male eights, but keep up the good fight because we need good leadership in men too. And I think they're very equipped to do that as well. Um, but for a new eight, just, you know, have fun and be awesome. I just enjoyed this whole interview because it feels so familiar. <laughs> Because there's always interviews where I just, I don't resonate with something, right? Mm -hmm. Very seen. This was really like probably our easiest (laughs) interview we've ever done. I'm not going to lie. Well, this was super fun. Thanks for having (laughs) me. And if you had to give cold weather advice to someone in the South, like what's the one thing I need to know? No, you are athletic. So find a way to enjoy the snow. Basically, the reason we love it is we get out there athletically, right? I I hated winter, like hated it with a passion until we started skiing. One of my favorite things is having a glass of wine after being outside in the cold all day and feeling utterly exhausted. Like, okay, the, the winter gives you this euphoric feeling at the end of the day when you've been outside all day that I don't get from many other things would you say so yeah I would say strap on some snowshoes and climb something really steep do you have (laughs) access to snowshoes like you're saying it like they're at the store down the road like we can buy our six inches of snow out here the town is closed I I mean I don't think I have (laughs) tennis rackets like yeah so the advice would be layer up Okay. Go play. Go, go play. play. Okay. You yeah. have a lot be of silly. Go take play. Okay. Take your dogs and go be silly. Make snow angels. Okay. Have a snowball fight with your husband. That sounds fun. We get make, we get really competitive. So make a fort. <laughs> also tuck a little bit of like whiskey or scotch in yes. your pocket. Oh, I have some bourbon. This is yes. a very Canadian thing. This is good. I like it. Yes. <laughs> and try and build a bonfire. Bonfires a in bonfire. the snow are the best. Yes. We're because not allowed the, to build fire in the city. Like, oh, find somewhere to bu- Where are you again? We're just outside of Oklahoma City, but we're oh, like in a suburban neighborhood. Okay. Hey, you like build- breaking rules though. Build a freaking fire. <laughs> So my friends Aaron and Joe told me to build a fire. <laughs> totally fine. They're from Canada. All right. Are you easily offended? No. What's your biggest fear? Um, clowns. <laughs> sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I'm never awake for sunrise. Mountains or ocean? Mountains. If you could be an animal, what would you be? Tiger. Do you have any tattoos? A lot. Where do you sit in a room full of people? Where I can see the door. Three words to describe you. Fun, energetic, and powerful. What makes you cry? When dogs die. If you were a character in The Princess Bride, who would you be? (laughs) What's the guy that says inconceivable all the time? (laughs) Inconceivable. (laughs) That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. (laughs) 